Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Coronavirus Update. If you're in lockdown, just like me, don't worry. I've put together some of the best bits from my talk radio breakfast show into this daily podcast, so you won't miss any of the day's biggest coronavirus updates. Enjoy and stay safe. Online, on DAB and on the talk radio app. Talk Radio. And now we're joined by the Environment Secretary, George Eustace, on here on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you very much indeed for joining me. Let's uh, turn to uh, other topics. Front page of pretty much every paper today, pictures of these beaches uh, at Bournemouth and elsewhere. Uh, massive overcrowding, it's claimed, although again, difficult to tell from which camera angle. Chris Whitty, the uh, Chief Medical Officer, uh, tweeting out his concern that if people don't obey the lockdown rules, which, by the way, reminder, lockdown rules still apply right now, everybody, uh, that we are going to see a second wave. How concerned are you and other members of the government that actually people are coming out of lockdown far too soon, too, too many people? People are not obeying the rules and we are going to head for a second wave. Well, I think it's important to recognise that we actually uh, loosened the rules as far as uh, having a day trip to the to the beach uh, or other public spaces concerned well over a month ago. And generally speaking, uh, to be fair, I think the vast majority of people have abided by social distancing. Uh, I myself took my family to Bournemouth Beach a couple of weeks ago and uh, people were keeping themselves apart. Vendors who were open were putting in place social distancing measures. However, I think what happened yesterday, it was the hottest day of the year, extraordinarily hot. Uh, lots of people had the same idea. And so we saw uh, you know, worrying numbers of people, frankly, uh, at places like Bournemouth. Um, I think it's just very important. Our appeal to people is that if you do go to the beach, stay within your family unit, observe that social distancing, keep your distance from others. And if that really isn't possible because there's too much overcrowding, then you know, do go home. And uh, Bournemouth themselves have signage up to say if it's too busy, go home. Uh, I, I, it's pretty obvious that yesterday not enough people heeded that advice. Um, should there perhaps be more in place, uh, policing in place to stop more people entering the beach? We know that I mean, Brighton, they didn't have the same problems. Um, we've had you know, the threat of closing the beaches. Is that likely to happen? Well, I think it's unlikely to happen and uh, we're very reluctant to go to that. People have had a, you know, a tough time in the summer, locked down, unable to go out, uh, unable to meet friends and family. Uh, you know, what we're trying to do is to chart a sensible, cautious, tentative course out of uh, this terrible situation that we're in, while recognising that we're all going to have to live alongside this virus for some time to come. Um, that's why we're developing 
you know, the test and trace approach so that we can do effectively localized uh, lockdowns where we get a local outbreak uh, without having to shut the entire country down again. Matt Hancock's made clear that we have the powers if necessary to reintroduce closures on beaches, but it's, it's not a direction we want to go. And I, I suspect, Julia, the, the British weather being what it is and looking at the forecast for the weekend, you know, it may well um, uh, solve this problem. And uh, okay. I mean that we have smaller numbers of people at the beach next week. Uh, well, again, a lot of the, the government's policy is based on, you know, common sense now. And as of July the 4th, we're told, you know, these aren't even going to be regulations anymore. They're going to be guidance. Given what we saw at the beach in Bournemouth over the last couple of days, given what we've seen in come to this, the the legal parties across London over the last couple of nights uh, with violent clashes with the police. Um, are you really sure that enough people in the British uh, population have the common sense to cope with the pubs reopening on July the 4th on a Saturday? I think so, yes. Uh, we do have confidence in that. And we've always recognised, you know, and I admit this, we've always recognised that that third uh, substantive phase, the loosening of restrictions on pubs and restaurants, was undoubtedly the most challenging because these are, by definition, social venues. You know, people don't go to the pub to stay away from others. They go to the pub, you know, to socialise with friends. So it was always going to be the most challenging. Uh, but I think it's important to note that pubs are used to, uh, you know, managing their venue assertively and you know, managing people who maybe had too much to drink or people who are underage and so forth. And I think that they will um, put in place and enforce social distancing and be able to enforce uh, limits on the number of people coming into the pub. Restaurants generally uh, operate anyway uh, by bookings. And once they've got people sat at a table, um, they they can uh, observe the social distancing measures that they will need to abide to as well. So I, I think, yes, we can make this work. Are there some risks? Yes, inevitably. Uh, this is the third and most difficult phase. And it's crucial that people abide by the social distancing measures that we are uh, putting alongside this further loosening for it to work, because otherwise, uh, if they don't and nobody abides by the guidance in place, then yes, we will start to see that infection rate creep back up. Well, well we've already seen the infection rate stop going down. And we now know that, you know, one of the key things that was going to help us out of this uh, uh, coronavirus pandemic and the lockdown uh, was the test and trace system. We haven't got the app. OK, we've had all that explained to us, the world beating app that never really appeared. Uh, but we, we have got the human traces. And yet we've got a situation where only only a third of the people thought to have coronavirus are actually getting tested. And then only 70 percent of them are being traced. And then only 82% of their contacts are being traced, which means we have got thousands of people who got the virus still infecting people who are untraced. Um, is it really safe for us to come out of lockdown when we haven't got the test and trace system in place that we were told for months by you, the Prime Minister, uh, the Chief Medical Officer, Chief Scientific Advisor, the Health Secretary and others, was vital for the process of easing lockdown? Is it safe? Well, look, throughout this coronavirus... Uh, at every single stage, the measures that we put in place, uh, we've never pretended would uh, give, you know, total 100% uh, protection. Um, early on, when we were encouraging people to wash their hands and keep their distance and be careful, uh, that would help, but um, it was never going to give total protection. Even lockdown uh, wouldn't give full protection because we recognise that people would still need to uh, go to do the, the weekly shopping and so forth. And, and it's the case now that it is the test and trace system perfect. Uh, no, of course, it, it won't be. We're trying to do something new and something quite extraordinary. But we have contacted over 100,000 people um, who uh, have been in contact with somebody who's tested positive. 
and we've been able to give them that direction to uh, self-isolate and that does help so it won't be 100 percent ever but we should continually uh, improve it and refine it and build it and make it stronger and try to improve the numbers of people that we contact and improve the compliance uh, of those who we contact um, and if if we get um, significant numbers doing this and participating in this, then yes, it, it, it does help to address the spread of the disease. OK, just finally, I know we're a little bit over time, but George Eustace, um, are you concerned that the police have lost control of the British streets? Forget people going onto a beach, which is actually still legal to do. People having illegal parties and raves on London streets certainly isn't. We've seen violent clashes between the police uh, and uh, and party goers over the last two nights. Uh, police running away, police vehicles smashed up. Um do, do, do we just have one law for what for the people who will obey the law and one law for people who just don't obey the law and, and they can just get away with what they want? Have the police lost control? Well, I don't think they have, but, you know, they, they have to make uh, judgments on the, on the ground. The, the officers that are there have to make judgments about how best to deal with a uh, particular situation. And do you think running away, do you think it's ever, ever the right way to deal with a violent situation for large groups of police officers to run away? Well, I, I haven't, um, uh, you know, seen, seen this evidence. No, I don't believe away. you. That's no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You That footage has been all over social media. That footage has been all over well, the television. You, sorry, you're, you're, a, you're a cabinet minister. And there have been major, major protests on the streets of this country. Police being threatened and hurt. 22 police officers. It was leading the news. I'm aware point. of that. You've yeah. not seen the footage of police officers running away. I've not seen the footage because I didn't see the news bulletins, but I have You'd have seen... Well, I'm sorry, uh, sorry, I'm so sorry. I need to, you're you're a cabinet minister in this country and you don't watch the news. I don't always watch the news, no. Why would I? Um, why but why would you? You don't want to know what's going on in the country in which you have a say of how it's run. No, I know what's going on in the country, and I'm being. But you, you don't. You haven't. But you didn't know that a large group of police officers in this country were forced to run away from violent party goers in Brixton two nights away. You, did, I, you didn't. I'm know aware that, that in, on when, Look, I am aware, Julia, that on Wednesday night there were illegal raids. Police attempted to break it up. That there was violence uh, against the police. That is totally uh, unacceptable. Um, and you know, police officers on the, on the ground have to make the judgment about how to deal with these situations. But I know that the Home Secretary is looking very closely at this. Uh, we have to have uh, law and order on our streets and we cannot have these um, illegal raves carrying on. So what are we going to do about it then? Uh, well, the Home Secretary, I know, will be talking to the uh, police about this and making sure uh, that insofar as we have these uh, these issues and that they might continue, uh, that they can be addressed. Online, on DAB and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Every medical uh, expert we've spoken to this morning has said they are really, really worried about uh, not whether a second wave or a spike or certainly an uptick in infections as a result of people simply not obeying the lockdown and not sticking to the social distancing rules. And yet we also have the strange situation that death rates in hospitals are falling. Is this down to better treatment? Or is this down to uh, for not just a, uh, the, the, the virus perhaps dissipating? What is going on? Well, let's uh, look, talk to someone who's been looking into this, the science editor at The Times, Tom Whipple. Good morning to you, Tom. Good morning. Hello. I mean, yeah, no, there's lots of doom and gloom around at the moment about people not obeying the lockdown rules and the social distancing and the like, and now we might face a second wave. The infection rate has stopped going down. It's not going up, but it's stopped going down, uh, possibly as a result of uh, a lot of people breaking the lockdown a bit early. But meantime, the death rate for coronavirus patients once they go into hospital has fallen to a quarter of the level at the peak of the outbreak. And, and we're not talking about, um, you know, the number of deaths, the death rate, the actual number of, you know, the, the, the percentage of people. What is going on? 
Well, I mean, that's, that's the big question. I, I spoke to the statisticians who'd done this analysis and they confessed that they'd sort of sat on it for a while and then they'd spent a long time trying to come up with reasons why it wasn't true. And then eventually they thought, well, we've got to release it. Um, it I mean, the, 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 so we'll start with the most positive interpretation. So the most positive interpretation is we've just got better at dealing with it. And this isn't that implausible. Um, you know, we've learned about the things that do work, the things that don't work. We've got various drugs that seem to make a difference. We've got others that quite likely might make a difference. Um, so it's possible we're getting better at, at uh, treating it. But um, uh, statisticians are very cautious and they say, look, hold on, there are other possible explanations. Yeah, so well, indeed. I mean, there was, there was be... a thought, wasn't there, that, you know, that ventilators, you know, ventilators, they had this massive big drive as we went into March to get a number of extra ventilators and then we didn't need anything like the number uh, that, that, that was thought. But then there's also a thought that ventilators are very much a last a last chance saloon treatment and try pretty much anything before that point, as of course we saw with the Prime Minister when he was in ICU. And, and a lot of these other treatments, the drugs, the steroids that be discovered that can cut the death rate, you know, by, by an eighth, every, presumably every single little one of these can make a difference in the overall numbers when it comes to how many people die. Yeah, exactly. We've been learning about this really fast. Um, and so ventilators are a classic example. At the beginning, we thought they were the only treatment. Um, and then we realised, you know, in some, in some cases, it actually made things probably slightly worse. But certainly by the time you're on ventilators, you, you're, whether you live or die is the yeah. top of the coin. So it's... Um, you know, it, it's there's a lot that's changed. So there's, that's a reason to be hopeful. But, you know, it's also entirely possible that, I mean, I don't think that can conceivably explain a drop of this magnitude. No, um, indeed. Well, it, but, but could it be could it be down to the demographics that actually the people who caught this virus early on, it seems there's lots of evidence that it was spread very much in hospitals. The people who are largely in hospitals are elderly people. I mean, anyone who's been in hospital, 60% of people who are in hospital beds are elderly people. The eldest, elderly, the people with lots of underlying conditions, the poorest people, they're the people who got this virus first um, in the earlier months and, and therefore they were more likely to die at a much higher rate. We know, you know, most people who die are in their 80s plus unless they've got a very serious underlying conditions and, and and actually uh, as very sadly a lot of those people have died it is younger slightly healthier people getting the virus and therefore they have just got a better chance of survival yeah i mean there's, there's that's that's absolutely likely to be one of the explanations um it's also possible that we're people are going to hospital now with milder forms of it where before they'd sort of stayed out because we were, we were prioritising. Um, there are lots of reasons. The, one of the interesting things is we are not alone in this trend. Um, so it's been seen in Italy, um, in the USA, where, to be absolutely clear, the, the outbreak is deeply depressing. Um, yeah. They've completely failed to flatten the curve. It's the, it's the country that makes us look better. Um, but nevertheless... Uh, there, the death rate has been falling as well. Um, so even as the number of cases has seen an uptick and remained flat for quite some time, the death rates, the number of deaths has still been is, falling. Is there a possibility so it, that it might be the virus dissipated? This idea that the virus sort of burns itself out. We have seen this with some other, uh, uh, you know, uh, pandemics. Which, which, okay, this has been a pandemic. It's been absolutely devastating, and, and so many people have lost their lives. But, but the, the, this idea that actually it can just burn itself out. It goes through, it mutates, and it gets weaker. Is there a possibility? of that? It is possible and some scientists are saying that but only very tentatively. It's been very very fast for that to happen um, and in theory the, the evolutionary pressure on the virus is indeed for it to mutate to become less severe. It doesn't, it doesn't want to kill us. It, it, you know, it needs to spread enough. It's, it would far rather not kill us. So yes, but it feels very soon for that to have happened. 
Across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker. Talk Radio. A little tentative, really, although, I mean, I say I already booked my flights, I'm, I'm taking the risk. Uh, but uh, now lots of pressure on the government after they announced that there would be uh, some air corridors to announce air corridors across the whole of, of Europe uh, after they only uh, put in a number of some, well, some countries and didn't include places like Portugal, which have had one of the lowest rates of coronavirus infections throughout this pandemic. Let's talk to Chris Haslam, who's chief travel writer at The Times. Good morning to you, Chris. Morning, Julia. Morning. Now, you've always been pretty optimistic that the government would see sense and would uh, allow some sort of uh, travel without 14 days quarantine uh, for, for British travellers wanting to go on their holes in the summer. Um, and then we had a lot of hope this week, you know, that it's going to be announced early next week. But then we had a list of countries that came out and, and saying, you know, France, Italy, Spain on the list, um, but not Portugal. Why on earth wouldn't Portugal, one of the most successful countries in beating the pandemic, not be on the list? Well, poor Portugal. Um, they, you're right. They were one of the most successful in beating the pandemic. They did it in a very calm and cool way. They let themselves be led by the science. And the whole time they kept the, the message of welcome going, unlike Spain which, and France, which brought down the barriers. Um, they said, you know, as soon as it's ever come back. And, and I've been saying, you know, the one country to pick this summer should be Portugal for those reasons. But... At the last hurdle, at the final fence, they've uh, had a sudden spike in, in infections and they've gone right up. I mean, they, a lot of it came down, to, oddly, to a, um, or irritatingly, to um, a 60th birthday party in the Algarve, <laughs> where people from all over Portugal came to visit. And there were immediately 69 cases uh, from that party. And then those people have spread out. And obviously they infected more people. Yeah. That is the, so the, the, the government has got cold feet about uh, committing to Portugal. OK, that's again, I would have thought even even at that level, uh, less of a concern than many other countries, but I suppose, which have had a worse time, but are coming yeah. out of the West. I mean, there were a lot of talk that actually, you know, these countries would be uh, rather more wary of Brits travelling, given our race of infections uh, to their countries than, uh, than we should be about uh, Brits returning from those countries where they've often got far lower infection levels than us. Yes, but they've also got um, economies massively dependent on British tourists. So yeah. there, is, um, there are concessions to be made. Is it, is it money talking right now? Countries like Greece and Spain saying, you know, come on in the waters, lovely, because they have to. It, it is. And what's happening is there, is there is a race across Europe. There is anxiety throughout sort of the European governments that, you know, the Greeks are thinking, oh, no, you know, the Portuguese will get all the business. And, and, um, and so it's a rush to... It's a real rush. But interestingly, we were talking about Portugal earlier. And I've, you know, it's on, as you say, their infection rates are still relatively low. It's still a fabulous destination. They've got an amazing... Um, uh, a cleanliness certification um, in place. I've got more than 60,000 tourist businesses have signed up to it. It's so much more sophisticated than the guidelines that came out from the British government for hospitality businesses yesterday. But, interestingly, speaking to Turi this week, they say that uh, Portugal's been left far behind by bookings for Turkey. Now, Turkey's based its entire tourism model on um, all-inclusive, and that's counterintuitive, isn't it? You would think that the last place the British tourists would want to be this summer would be in a 600-room all-inclusive hotel. And yet they're selling like hotcakes. Online, on DAB and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Thanks for listening to today's Julia Hartley Brewer coronavirus update. Please don't forget to like, comment and most importantly, subscribe. And you can catch me live on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 till 10. 
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.